0: All right, I think that's uh, all I'm going to share. How is everybody? Nice day out. And, um, so I, I, I don't so much have a joke today as I have a few little quips. Quips, is that a word? Seems like it should be a word. Okay, here we go. We're going to talk about discipline for a few minutes today. I tried to cultivate discipline. Apparently, it takes discipline to do that. If laziness were an Olympic discipline, I'd want to finish fourth so I wouldn't have to climb the medals podium. (laughs) This is my favorite. Not sure which is the harder part of being vegan, the discipline it takes to eat that way or the time and energy it takes to tell everyone you're a vegan. And I do have a lighthouse one, Um, and uh, if you are new here and maybe uh, don't understand the recovery uh, deal a little bit, we tend to um, find some pleasure in laughing at ourselves, so I just kind of wanted to say that, all right? Self-discipline is drinking 10 shots of tequila and making it back to the right home. That got more moans than I thought it would. All right. All right, here is our question for the day. Uh, What is something you are doing to grow your spiritual life and well-being? I have kind of wanted to uh, ask that particular question for a while here. It's kind of related to what I'm going to share, but um, uh, let's see if there would be a few of you willing to help us get started here. What is something you are doing right now in your life uh, to grow your spiritual life and just overall well-being. If you'd like to answer, uh, Bill and James are going to run the mics. So you get their attention, stand up, speak directly in the mic. Brief answers today, and here we go. Good morning, everybody. I'm Jason. 123 days sober today. Hey, congratulations, man. Thank you. Uh, what is something you are doing growing spiritual? Every morning, I get up about five. I spend an hour and a half, two hours with the Lord, with my devotionals, and then I go to my Bible. And read what it means in there. And then I just go through all my day, knowing that Jesus is walking with me, and I can do the right thing to be a better person than I was the last 40 years of my life. So hmm. thank you, everybody. God bless. Hmm. Thanks. Thanks, Jason, for sharing. All right. What is something you are doing to grow your spiritual life and well being? All right, Jerry. Responsibility. Ah, taking responsibility. Awesome. Thank you, Jerry. Hello everyone. I'm Jamie. Um, I think the, the one thing that I'm doing right now is just observing and like trying to learn from the people around me huh. um, and being open-minded. Uh, excellent. We're going to talk about that today. Thank you, um, Jamie. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, y'all know me from being in the mouth anyway. Hmm. Um, I came to this church looking for salvation, and I found it. Hmm. But after hearing what I just heard, I think we owe God a little bit more than just being there. We need hmm. to be able to help those who are in pain.
0: Yeah. So hmm.
1: it's not easy, but you've got to do it.
0: Service is a good discipline, too. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Who else is willing to share today? I'd love to do a couple more. Anybody else? Michael. Yeah. Dale. I didn't have much to share,
1: but um, what what came to mind for me is just um, showing up and being open, and that's been helping me a lot, and just
0: listening and um, trying to put myself out there and be of service where I can. Thank you, Michael. Okay. Anybody else? One more? One more? Oh, right behind you there, James. Okay, we'll wrap up with Sarah.
1: Good morning, everybody. Um, I, in my spiritual life, I try and help people every day. Hmm. My mom always said to do one good deed a day. I do live by that. And um, I don't... You know, when I was a kid, I was kind of like seeking them out and trying to be too good. But now it seems like God brings them to me daily and shows me where where I need to be. And I don't have to fight so hard to find the people that need help. They come to me. Mm. And I'm coming to church. And I'm living consciously of my action, actions and how they affect other people. Oh, thank you guys. Yep. Hey, I can always use volunteer weeders.
0: Alright. <laughs> a little commercial there. Alright. Um, Alright, thank you for sharing. I think we're going to wrap up there. If you didn't get a chance to share, share with somebody or feel free to come up and share with me afterwards. But um, I love that question and I love learning from uh, each other. That's a lot about what we're about here. I'd um, like to take um, a few minutes personally, um, if I could, uh, this morning. Uh, the last couple of days, um, I've participated in a couple of services for um, a friend of mine, Mark Knutsen. And so Friday, um, I drove to Detroit Lakes and did a family service uh, for his family. And then yesterday, I had to. Chance to preach at the public uh, funeral for him, um, and a lot of you probably um, at least have not have met Mark Knutson. You know who he is. Um, he was the executive director for the Fargo Marathon, um, and I uh, had just grown that from a couple hundred people to over twenty thousand people in twenty years. I uh, recently had become the general manager of Detroit Mountain, and he had moved to Detroit Lakes. Um, But I primarily knew him as Mark, Um, a friend. uh, He was a small group member of mine uh, in my last church, and he was a church member of uh, Atonement where I used to serve. Uh, For years, uh, Mark uh, was involved in our ministry. Uh, His parents were members there. Uh, His kids grew up there. And uh, Mark was involved in a variety of ways. I already mentioned the small group, but uh, there's just a a lot of ways that um, Mark had been connected and served. Uh, Mark loved the Lord, and um, his passion, if you don't know, was running and fitness, obsessively about running and fitness. And uh, one of the one of the things that um, I learned from from Mark is that everybody could be a little bit healthier um, if they start working on it. Um, He took it to an extreme extreme sometimes, um, but uh, he was uh, an amazingly inspirational man. Um, His favorite Bible verse was Hebrews chapter twelve, verse one, up on the screen. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. To the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Um, So, there was, uh, for those of you who have been participants in the Fargo Marathon, um, part of that verse appears on the marathon medal. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I remember the day Mark came to to the church and said, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about putting a Bible verse on the marathon medal. you think that's okay? Um, And we kind of talked that through. It was pretty cool. Um, Mark wanted to use his life passion um, to point to Jesus. It's pretty cool uh, when you think about it. And uh, there were other times where I used Mark's passion uh, with the church. So um, one, one Sunday, I think I was preaching on that verse that we just uh, talked about. And I had this vision of um, how cool it would be on the church if on Sunday morning uh, there were people on treadmills running the whole morning. And so, sure enough, he brought in a couple of treadmills and lined up some marathon runners. They ran for about an hour each on that day. But we had people running during the services um, the whole morning. Kind of stinky, but it kind of was uh, cool as well. Uh, There was another time when I was interviewing him during church about spiritual disciplines. I was actually talking about discipline, and I was... uh, uh, going, we interviewed him about discipline, but um, I was talking about spiritual disciplines. And Mark was currently at that time training for an Ironman competition, a ridiculous thing people do to themselves. And um, so I, I kind of interviewed him about what it, you know, somebody does to get ready for this all-day event of biking, swimming, and running. And and uh, it was really, um, it was really uh, quite inspirational. Um, His discipline was beyond comprehension. Uh, He was a good man. Um, But Mark also had his demons, um, and he had his struggles. Uh, Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, He'd been married and divorced three times. Um, I was his pastor and friend through some of the struggles, and the dark, difficult times. Um, And um, here's what I wanted to tell you. This is why I wanted to talk about uh, Mark today. Um, So I had been with him in some of what he went through. And then um, he stood by me when I went through my own dark and difficult times. And I wanted to tell you that because many of you know what those people mean to us. Uh, Mark was one of those people for me. Um, I stood by him. He stood by me. um, And I just wanted to tell my my lighthouse family, um, that's what brothers and sisters in Christ do. Um, And it's what family does. And if you are new here, and you're going through a dark and difficult time, um, I just wanted you to know that that is a core value of this place. That we we will stand by you, and support you, and encourage you to the best of our ability, because um, that's that's just kind of what we do here. Um, you know, Mark was um, also around uh, Lighthouse in the early days. Uh, he's the one who turned me or us on to Shields Arena, where we rented space in the bar. Uh, where we started Lighthouse Church 10 years ago. Um, His uh, then wife helped us create our first website. Uh, His family attended until uh, he decided, or his family decided, that they probably belonged somewhere else. God bless them, right? Um, But I am so grateful, so grateful. One more thing um, that I want to tell you about, Mark. Both um, Friday and Saturday, I mentioned... Uh, to those who were gathered, that Mark had a restless spirit. Um, Mark was always searching. Uh, He was always looking for the next thing, uh, the next idea. Um, He was always asking questions, and he always wrestled with his spiritual life in regards to faith, looking for answers. And I thought I would share that um, because many of us here have restless spirits. Yeah. Um, We're always looking. And, um, you know, one of the things about people with restless spirits is that um, it's hard to find contentment. It's hard to find serenity. Serenity. A lot of us here, um, I just realized this this week, a lot of us here medicated to calm down restless spirits. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't suggest it. Probably nobody else here would either. (laughs) Uh, Mark had his own struggles. But here's something else I wanted to tell you. I, I hope if you have a restless spirit, I hope you hear this. Um, Mark is also an example of how restless spirits can and do often accomplish great things because they're always looking, always asking questions. Um, And, you know, for us, it's kind of about channeling our restlessness into the right direction and asking the right questions. And so it can be great and as um, most of us in this room here can tell you, can also be rather messy. Because we're, we're people who make mistakes. So um, here at Lighthouse Church, we've tried to channel our restlessness into a faith community and outreach by asking questions like, why can't there be a community of faith different than what we've seen around us? And um, I, uh, I don't mean that as a judgment against other churches. It's just um, we've tried to do something new and different here. Um, we've tried to create a come-as-you-are church where you can literally come as you are. You don't have to clean up to be here. Don't have to have life figured out to be here. Um, we've also created a place where you can be transparent not only about what you have gone through, but what you are going through. And there's not going to be judgment. That's one of the core values we want to maintain here, my friends. Uh, we're not going to judge you um, because we, better than anybody else, knows that people make mistakes. Amen. Amen. And people have struggles. Um, all people have struggles. We've just, you know, begun a journey of trying to deal with ours as best we can. Um, We're also going to be a community where we don't try to stuff people into a box. And what that means is that you can come here and um, be yourself and not feel like you have to start looking a certain way, acting a certain way, or believing a certain way. We're going to let God work on that with you. Um, And we're going to, in this community, try to love people like Jesus did. And uh, that's what actually uh, takes us to our text for today. So grab a Bible, and we are going to turn to um, 1 John. Uh, For those of you who are new today, we've been going through the book of 1 John. And uh, there are some church Bibles around you if you didn't bring a Bible. Uh, There's page numbers up on the screen Uh, We are in chapter 2 and I'm actually going to begin with verse 6 instead of verse 7 because verse 6 is where we left off last week and uh, it's really an important verse in my own spiritual journey Um, and so let me start with verse 6. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Let's read that one more time. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Verse 7. So dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Hold on to your Bibles and leave them open. So uh, love one another, John says. Um, And it's interesting, he says this isn't a new teaching. I mean, he was with Jesus, walking with Jesus for his years of ministry. He heard Jesus talk about it all of the time. Now in chapter four of 1 John, we're gonna go a lot deeper into this idea of loving one another. Um, But today I, I just wanna remind you or maybe Tell you for the first time, uh, if you're new to the to the Bible and faith, that there was a day when some people came up to Jesus and they said, "Jesus, tell us um, the greatest commandment of all in the Old Testament. Um, Give us the greatest commandment of uh, in the Bible." And uh, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your s- strength, with all your mind, and with all your heart. I have the, that order wrong. Um, and a lot of the people, I can picture them um, having heard that and saying, Yes, that's it. But he didn't stop there, interestingly. Um, so he said, You know, love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. But then he said, there's a second one that's just like it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. And when he said it's just like it, it's almost like like these two go together. Um, If you're going to follow me, you can't have one without the other. So love God and love people. And um, it's, you know, I I almost picture him um, saying, so this is my interpretation, Um, I almost picture him saying, um, if you guys, you know, kind of get that one figured out, then you can come back and talk to me and I'll give you another one. But he never really does. That's kind of it. And people for 2,000 years have been still working on it, um, including me. Not very well some days. Love God and love people. Um, And then um, in verse 8, John says something very interesting to me. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment and you are also living it. I want you to notice this sentence. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. So he's saying, you're already living this. You know, love one another. You're already living it. And he knows that because the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. It's almost like John is saying that if we love each other, the darkness is going to begin to disappear. That's really an interesting statement. I'd never really noticed that before in my reading of First John. Like, if you, wanna, if you begin to love other people, um, then, you know, the darkness, we've talked about darkness and light these last few weeks, the darkness is going to start to go away. Like, he's almost saying is that, that if you love other people, it's going to help you learn to love God appropriately. Um, if you love other people, the more love, the more God's light is going to shine in your life. I just want to say that I believe that's core to this community. You know, to the best of our ability, we're going to try to treat people with love, dignity, and respect. Um, One of the the things that um, always amazed me about my friend Mark Knutson is he treated people with so much respect and dignity. I don't want to state that he was perfect um, in any way with that. Um, but I, I, I watched as, you know, people would ask him about running things, and they looked like me, you know, out of shape. And, and he just he took, always took time, you know, with people. And, and he would celebrate as much with the, pers- first, you know, with the person who was running their first marathon and finished 2,023, you know, as he was with the person who won the marathon. Um, love one another and the light will begin to shine heads up by the way if you are in a dark place I think what John is saying get yourself with people who will love you unconditionally one of the first things that happens to us when we get into a dark place is we stop hanging around with the people that help us get healthy if you are in a dark place, get with people who will love you unconditionally. And remember, if you're in a dark place, isolation is your enemy. enemy. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to encourage everybody today, especially if you're struggling, get yourself with people. You've done a great job today. You know, get yourself with people who you can love and who will love you back. And the darkness will begin to disappear. One of my recovery experiences and lessons is that God primarily uses other people to bring healing into people's lives. It's the story of anonymous groups. um, It's the story of community. And it's what a lot of you have experienced in this place. Me too. That, That God uses other people coming around us to encourage us, to support us, to guide us, to bring healing into our lives. What an incredible promise. Okay, a couple more verses here. Verse 9 and following. If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Uh, So, this is really a little um, important paragraph, I think. Um, John says, Don't say that you love Jesus and hate somebody else. Doesn't work that way. Um, Don't fool yourself, you would want to say. I I also suspect um, John would say, um, don't say you um, hate someone in the name of Jesus. Don't say you hate someone in the name of Jesus. Don't judge others with hate. Um, You know, one of the interesting things um, about the world, you know, you may know that Um, that our faith is declining rapidly in the United States of America and in other places. Um, You ask people in the United States of America um, to um, give their first impression of Christians or the church. Uh, You know what the first thing they say is? Judgmental. That's the world's perception of Christians. And gosh, you you read the Gospels Um, That's never an impression I get about Jesus. But somehow it's become the impression that our faith gives. We are good at loving people who act like us, who believe like us, who think like us, and who look like us. For some reason, there is this human spiritual tendency or temptation to become more and more like the Pharisees in the Bible when we come to faith in Jesus as opposed to more like Jesus we we tend to become more legalistic and judgmental, and so um, I think we need to fight against that, my friends. Um, I have just had to you know really you know remind myself as i 've um, kind of gone through my, my, my life, my entire life in the church, um, I don't have to be threatened by people who think differently than I do. Um, you know, if you, if you don't believe um, in, in Jesus or the Bible or my teachings, I don't have to take that personally. I don't even feel it's my job to, you know, to make you a Christian. Um, you know Bible teaches me that that's God's business um, and yours I can teach you um, I can help you I can love you but I'm not responsible for your spiritual life you are um, I'm not I'm not um, I don't have to be offended by people who think politically different than I do praise the Lord because everybody thinks politically around here um, and, and they're all different than, than me, it seems. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I, when people come to me needing help, um, I'm, not, I'm not great at this. I'm a work in progress. Um, but I, I keep reminding myself that your problem is not my problem. Maybe I can help you, maybe I can't, but your problem isn't my problem. Um, True spiritual growth looks like Jesus. And so if you want to know what true spiritual growth looks like, start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or all four of them, and fall in love with Jesus. Um, I've come to appreciate, um, I'm still growing in this, but I've come to appreciate that God made everyone different. Turn and tell someone you are different. So before we close today, I wanted to take a few minutes um, to ask this question. Um, How do we love everyone? And I'm not just talking about, you know, the people that we like and the people we hang out with. I'm talking about everyone, even the unlovable. I'm not talking about anybody here, by the way. Um, Even talking about the difficult people. Again, nobody in this room. Um, or watching online even. But how do we love everyone, including the person that is exhausting? Can I tell you, in my ministry at Lighthouse Church, I meet exhausting people and exhausting situations. How do we love them? How do we love them? So I want to tell you about my, my own journey with this. I, I'm going to share just a few you know, things that um, I hope are helpful I just want to encourage our community to to think about these things. I am a work in progress on these. So can can I be clear about that? I can still be hurtful and do bad things. Um, But I'm working on them. I'm a work in progress. Um, Number one, um, if you're going to try to love everyone, um, then maybe make a decision that I'm going to start to strive to love everyone. Make a decision. I will love like Jesus does. That's really the first step in anything, right? Um, Okay, I'm going to embark on this path. Uh, The second one is kind of logical. I'm going to ask Jesus to help me do it. So if I'm going to try to love people like Jesus does, how about we ask him to help him? I've told you before, every day I try to pray the prayer, God, give me Jesus' eyes today. I'd like to see people like Jesus would see them. And um, the next one that I want to share kind of builds on that a little bit. Um, I have learned that everybody just wants to be treated with respect and dignity. And um, that's not always easy, especially if somebody's disrespectful or indignant. So let me tell you what I work at and I try to do. Um, When I meet somebody, um, especially somebody that might be a little bit um, difficult, um, I remind myself first that this person has been created in God's image, by God's own hand, the same way that I have been made. That um, this person is a masterpiece because God doesn't make anything other than that. And that um, I should respect this person's creation um, that God has put into them the same things that he's put into you and me. Um, Then um, I will try to remind myself that this this person is so valuable that Jesus died on the cross for them. I mean, I don't know that I can muster up the strength to give this person 10 minutes, but Jesus gave his life for him. That's pretty valuable. And then um, I'm gonna tell you a story that my wife told um, me this week. Um, So she was driving um, somewhere in Fargo and she passed somebody who was carrying a big jug of vodka and um, when I got home that day, she said, thank you for what you're trying to do. Um, not, not for you, for me. And so here's, here's the third thing that I do. Um, I remind myself all of the time, but for the grace of God, go I. That's pretty important, especially for us, right? Right? Um, I try to remind myself every day um, I could often be the people that I'm working with. And it wouldn't take very long. It wouldn't take very long. Um, so next, um, this is really important. Um, some of you have heard me talk about this before. Um, I try to learn people's story. I, I don't have endless time to learn you know, everybody's story. But I try to learn some things about people's story. Here's the thing. When you learn people's story, um, it's almost impossible to be judgmental. Um, Often, I don't usually say this, but often, here's what will go through my mind. Um, Oh, no wonder you're so messed up. And then then the next thing that goes through my mind is, do you want to know why I'm so messed up? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, when we, when we learn people's stories, um, they become, there's a face to us, right? A life experience. Harder to judge. Um, and the last thing I just wanted to say, because I think this is so important in, in our community, um, frankly, it's important everywhere, but um, when we need to practice tough love, um, let's put the emphasis on love. To me, that's what Jesus did. Um, I think most people, um, when they think about tough love, they think of tough. Um, When I see Jesus practice some tough love, I see him putting the emphasis on love. So how do I say difficult things like, I can't help you in love? Hmm. All right. A couple more verses, then we're going to close. So then then, um, what, what John says in verse 12, I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I'm writing to you who are mature in faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I've written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I've written to you who are mature in faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I've written to you who are young in faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts, and you have won your battle with the evil one. Um, So I just want to share how I read that. It's kind of almost poetic a little bit, but, you know, John, John is saying that, you know, there are strengths in you wherever you, you know, you have come through in this spiritual journey. But he's kind of saying that whether you are brand new to this whole spiritual thing or you've been around it your whole life, um, the things that I'm talking about, they apply to you. It's almost like he's saying, for those who are new, you might be coming in with some prejudices and some issues that, you know, may, you know there may be some rough edges that God needs to work on. But he also says, um, some of the rough edges that happens to people who've been around for a long time are even worse. And so I'm talking to everybody. Everybody needs to know this. Everybody should love one another. So John's going to expand in the the chapter um, 4 of his letter um, about love. But here's what I want you to know today. That the source of our our love is the love that God has for you and me in Christ Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Um, I want you to know that God created you in his image. You are a masterpiece created by his hand. Um, he has shaped you, and when he created you, he said, you are very good. Now, can I just tell you, he knows your life isn't quite right. Um, and, and nobody knows better than we do um, that, that we make mistakes and bad decisions And have struggles in life sometimes with things beyond our ability to even control on our own. God knows that. And he still loves you. Even in that he loves you. Especially in that he loves you. You know Jesus, um, God's one and only son came to earth. um, You know mostly so that he could just reach out to you in the place that you are today and say I love you right where you are today. Um, And um, I'm going to walk with you if you'll let me. Um, I'm going to love you unconditionally, and I'm going to offer you growth and change. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, right? Um, but I love you, he says. You don't have to understand it all. You know, how's this death and resurrection thing work? Um, you don't have to understand it all. You've got you got the rest of your life to figure that out. Really, it kind of means saying, you know okay I'll take that love I'll start that journey right now right here today and I want you to know that no one is below redemption or beyond redeeming and so this week my lighthouse friends um, we're going to kind of stand up and we're going to sing a closing song and then we're going to leave this place and we're going to love one another just like Jesus did, love one another.